What is going on, peeps? Mr. Fretz here. Before I get into this week's podcast, I just want to take some time out here to recognize Mr. YLP himself, Zachary Uzikia, of the Young Minds Perspective right here on Roar. Uh, if you follow him on on the social medias, on his Instagram, on his Twitter, you will know that uh, as of last week, he is taking some time off to get things in his life, in his life, sorry, sorted out. Uh, this isn't goodbye forever. It is goodbye for now. Let's talk soon, shall we? So, Zach, good brother, I got your back. If you ever want to chat, you you know where to reach me. We will all hold down the fort here on Russell Attic Radio for you. So today, <clears throat> in the immortal words of Mr. YLP, if... <clears throat> if you don't mind. Let's play that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Welcome to episode 85 of the Fretzelmania podcast. A beast is crowned. We have SmackDown from August 29th, 2002 from the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. We have the fallout from SummerSlam 02. And if you listened to my episode last week with Nate the Effin' Great, A, good on you for suffering through our shenanigans, and B, uh, holy crap, SummerSlam 02 just might be the greatest SummerSlam of all time. We have a new undisputed WWE champion who is now exclusive to SmackDown. SmackDown has exclusive rights to the undisputed championship. What does that mean for Monday Night Raw? Well, this past week's Raw that being on August 26th, 2002, took place at the historic Madison Square Garden in New York City. And when you're in MSG, you just know history is somehow going to be made. And tonight is no exception. Booker T with Goldust defeated one half of the World Tag Team Champions Christian with other half Lance Storm. Bubba and Spike Dudley defeated Christopher Nowinski and William Regal. Jeff Hardy defeated Chris Jericho by DQ, and this next match is just, uh, it's just gonna hurt. It's the end of the Hardcore Championship. Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam had a Intercontinental slash Hardcore Championship Unification Match. And 
I believe that the European title was just also unified with the IC, unless that's coming after this. I I, I forget which was which, but yeah, we have the end of an era that began as kind of a joke prop title that Mr. McMahon gave to Mankind in 1998. I think that was leading up to the Deadly Game. That's another classic uh, Game Changer podcast, uh, Nate and Fret's review, if you want to go back into Nate's archives for that one, because a Deadly Game, and no, I'm not about to sing the theme song, because that is an absolute effing banger. And speaking of bangers, Lundling Garcia defeated The Fink in a tuxedo slash evening gown match. Just going to let that one sit there for just a second, because if you listened to the SummerSlam review or you watched SummerSlam, uh, you'll know that for some odd reason, uh, Howard Finkel was taking umbrage with Trish Stratus and then Lillian Garcia came in here. They just like to rib the Fink. The Fink just loves to get embarrassed. He probably got pants and he probably had a skid mark in the back of his underoos. And yeah, I mean, the Fink, he's he's always up for it. But man, they just do it as a rib. Like, poor guy. God rest his soul. And in the main event that wound up being maybe somewhat meaningless. See, next week's Raw for the rest of that. Triple H defeated The Undertaker in a number one contendership match. Now, at the beginning of this show, I did just spoil, kind of, the undisputed title being exclusive to SmackDown. So what is this going to mean? Well, next week, I believe, we're going to see the return of a certain big gold belt, one that I am staring at on my mantle just to the left of my desk. Big gold is coming back, baby. So yeah, Monday Night Raw, pretty, pretty crazy week. I mean, you cap off SummerSlam weekend with taking away one of my favorite championships. I mean, by this point in time, the hardcore title was comparable to the 24-7 championship, something that I'm thankful I have seen very little of on WWE TV since Triple H took over creative. Uh, You'd have all these hot potato nights where, you know, Just Incredible will win it five times, Steven Richards will win it ten times, Big Vito will win it, you know, Terry Runnels won it and then got the gratuitous panty shot on TV when she got schoolgirled to lose the title. It just became nonsense, and the 24-7 rule was just, it wasn't fun anymore. I mean, this was a championship that was defended in an airport, at a hotel, at the, you know, super fun, happy slide land, or or some shit, and and here we go, and Bischoff's just like, no, we want to get rid of all these unnecessary titles. Uh, We are not that far away from one show, one champion. No mercy. Just hearing no mercy without looking at my Nintendo 64 cartridge to the right of me. I leave on my 
desk because it doesn't work. I played it so much that the cartridge just fails to work. <laughs> Literally. <sighs> Good times. Yeah, No Mercy 02 is going to be a rough watch. Katie Vick. Good God. But what else has been going on in the world of wrestling? Well, NWA TNA had pay-per-view number 11 taped on the 21st of August at the Fairgrounds Coliseum, drawing 650 fans, not that much less than the Impact Zone, where you know, Nate's been talking about Brace for Impact with some of the classic TNA pay-per-views. I, I still have to get caught up on, on all those episodes. I think I'm at about hard justice, but I... Been working loads. You know, I'm just getting down to a light schedule. The summer's winding down. The leaves are starting to change. Thank the good Lord. The cool weather is here. That also means the return of hockey. And to a much lesser extent, football go Chiefs. But anyways, uh, NWA TNA, which would be shown on the 28th, just the day before this, Kid Cash pinned the Amazing Red Sonny Siaki pinned the alpha male Monty Brown. That's kind of a shocking result. America's Most Wanted defeated Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere. And if that name rings any bells, uh, I'll have to say the word survivor. And then in the other room, my mother's ears will prick up because she loves Survivor. And Chase Stevens and Cassidy O'Reilly, that being the team that would go on to be known as the Naturals, and also defeated Slash and Cobain in an elimination tag team match. Miss TNA, oh good lord, this is soul thing, Bruce, I think that, I don't know if it was Kui Wee or one of those other guys from the flock, Lodi, I forget who, pinned, of all people, April Hunter who was one of the hottest free agents in wrestling at the time. Jimmy Yang and Jorge Estrada of the Flying Elvises defeated the Spanish-announced team, the SAT, Jose and Joel Maximo, when Yang pinned Jose. A bit of a shout-out here to the Apron Bump podcast, who I will be on at the week that you're hearing recording this, uh, where we talk about ECW... Holiday Hell 1995 and Udagi. That was weird, but I remember him having his guests on talking about the SAT and Amazing Red in very early Ring of Honor days. So hopefully I'll get to talk about some good Ring of Honor as we go on. Here's a okay, here's a weird one. We had the bullets. Steve Armstrong had a no contest with Jeff Jarrett, and for a second there, I thought it was Bob for some reason. And then Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn, defeated Low-Key and AJ Styles in a triangle ladder match to win the X Division Championship. And I've seen that match. It's a banger. And y'all should watch that match after you're done listening to me here. On Velocity, I have two weeks to recap here because <clears throat> we had SummerSlam the day before, <clears throat> excuse me, SummerSlam 02. On the 24th, we had Mark Henry defeating Mike Awesome. Seriously, what's happened to this guy? He's 
He's gone Samson. He loses his hair and he loses his ability. He grew it back and he's not the same. Tajiri defeated Chuck, that being Chuck Palumbo, defeated Perennial Velocity Loser and winner sometimes Hardcore Holly. And speaking of Perennial Velocity Losers, Billy Gunn is defeated by Randy Orton. Shout out to the R.A. Era podcast. And Apron Bump, too, because they all do the Velocity reviews. Guys, if you're listening to this, you don't want to have someone on a Velocity review, hit me up. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Chavo Guerrero on the 31st of 2002 Velocity. Chavo defeats the Hurricane. Mark Henry defeats Albert. Billy and Chuck beat Randy Orton and Hardcore Holly. And in the main event... What else is the main event of Velocity but the Cruiserweight Championship? Jamie Noble defeating Funaki. And at this point in time, Funaki has become SmackDown number one announcer. Now, Stephanie McMahon immediately opens this show with a historic announcement that I've already announced twice. Excuse me, and let that be a reminder to hydrate before and during your podcasts. Brock Lesnar and the Undisputed Championship are now exclusive to SmackDown, and Eric Bischoff's number one contender match was a waste. This title is here. You have nothing. So, I guess technically... Triple H won a number one contender match for the Intercontinental title. Or, nope, there's no no hardcore title anymore. We just went, we just crossed that bridge. No European title. I guess Triple H is screwed. Who is Brock's number one contender now for the next event? Not Triple H. Because he's on Raw. Stephanie is just freshly divorced from Hunter at this time. And she just loves to twist the knife ever so slightly. And I don't blame her. So we're going to find out who the number one contender is tonight. Everyone is dressed to wrestle. And every match that we have here, the winners go on. So it's kind of... Kind of a gauntlet match we have going on here. And we immediately start off with Edge versus Eddie. Rematch from SummerSlam. Oh my god. Let's go. Rob Zombie. Scream if you want it. Steph says she'll scream if she wants it. Giggity. Then she announces Edge's opponent. Latino Heat. Eddie... Guerrero. Eddie then with a whole whack of suplexes and doing a bit of ring psychology by working Edge's shoulder with a Fujiara armbar. Edge does a top rope crossbody to the outside. Eddie with a superplex. Edge has a really nice powerbomb. And then the obligatory spuggingo ding by Edge. An edgeomatic edges as a suplex, a missile drop kick, a spear to the corner. Eddie then is getting two chairs, as if he's gonna try a one-man concerto. 
Edge grabs one, and ref Jimmy Corderas admonishes Edge, rightfully so, says no. Eddie then cheats, hits Edge with a chair, frog splash, and then wins this match. Backstage, Matt Hardy, version one, wants a title shot. And then he's just like, hey, I'm next, right? I'm going to be facing Eddie in the next gauntlet match here. No, 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 no. It's it's Rikishi. And then Stephanie just gives the the classic answer. That always means no. We'll see. That always means no. For parents, that always means no. For your significant other, also always means no. Next match here, we have John Cena versus Oh My Brother Testify, Reverend Devon, who is without his deacon, because uh, last week on SmackDown that I didn't review, I did SummerSlam instead. Shut up. I know I skipped a week. Batista finally had enough of his shit. Spinebuster Devon turned on him and is now not a deacon, not a demon. And he's not quite an animal. He is just Dave Bautista. And this match is all reverend here, testifying all over young John Cena, who hits a really impressive looking, kind of a release version of the three-handled family credenza, like a fisherman twisting neckbreaker. That looked really dope. I'm thinking he could have used that as a finisher. Protoplex wasn't bad. He was about eight months away from the FU, a.k.a. the Attitude Adjustment. Could have been done. The Wazup headbutt is denied, and there is this terrible Oklahoma roll that would have been found on a sizzle reel of Botchamania by John Cena. And that's a nope. Eventually, D1 lands the saving grace, the... The reverse brain buster, the reverse 1916, the curtain call, and wins this match clean as a whistle. And afterwards, Batista chases Devon out with a beast bomb. He saves John Cena, and in an ironic twist, he saves the main event of WrestleMania 21. These two men, in just under three years' time, would be the top of the food chain in the WWE. And it's really fun to see this with uh, the benefit of hindsight, seeing how these two started. You know, the fact that John Cena around this time was not that far off the chopping block. One fateful bus trip and one fateful uh, rap session later, literally, uh, he would have his career saved. We then see a Rey Mysterio hype video because next up he is wrestling Rico. And Michael Cole says something here. I thought it it was kind of funny that Rey is the poster child for the cause of motion sickness. Well, I mean, young Rey Mysterio all his flip-de-doos, you know, a couple of knee surgeries ago, a couple of dozen knee surgeries ago. Uh, Yeah. I could definitely see that. And then we hear the banger theme that you look so good to me. I've sung it. You've heard it. I'm not doing it because I'm not drunk enough. The slam here is reversed. Billy and Chuck get taken out by Ray as he launches off of Rico's back to the outside. 
we see a flip, a kickback, or a reverse suplex into a slam by Rico. Kind of a version of the Emerald Frozen. Just, man, he's breaking out the New Japan moves here. And then, I see something here that I didn't realize. Rico invented the Three Amigos. It wasn't Eddie Guerrero, but Rico did the three suplexes in a row. And the third Amigo was into a Falcon Arrow. And uh, if you just noticed my... Audio levels go down here. I just noticed on Audacity that it was a little high, so I thought I would turn my recording volume down just a touch. I apologize for that uh, because I am not very self-aware. Rico does an awesome pop-up power slam. The Rico moonsault is denied. Ray Mysterio lands the wheelbarrow bulldog. A lion salt, a 619 into the West Coast pop, spiking Rico right on the sideburns and wins this match. Backstage, Bob Holly admonishes Stephanie for him not being in this championship gauntlet thingy. He says, nobody's tougher than me. Nobody's meaner than me. I deserve to be number one contender. I deserve to face Brock Lesnar. Oh, Bob, uh, be careful what you wish for, because uh, I see in the forecast a couple of weeks from now that uh, <laughs> it's something you're not going to like at all. You're going to get your wish by facing Brock Lesnar, but yeah, let's uh, let's cross that bridge when we get there. It's like, I don't care if it's Mr. Macarena, Eddie Guerrero, or if it's Blubberbutt Rikishi. And then in the middle of this sentence, uh, Steph takes a phone call and leaves back into her office and Don Marie he yells at Don Marie what phone call could be more important than me um a loved one Robert because you are merely a casual co-worker to Stephanie McMahon you are not her friend Mr. Hardcore how do you like that now and speaking of how do you like me now, we have a commercial for Smackdown Your Vote. Yeah, but seriously, kids, uh, go out and vote, eh? And don't don't let a wrestler make you go out and vote. Uh, Stephanie is taking uh, that phone call that she blew off Bob Holly for. And it winds up being something extremely important, but we're going to have to just wait for that there. That, that's a little crumb. Now follow the crumb trail to the end of the show. Don't look ahead. I said don't look ahead. Matt Hardy uh, hangs up that phone call. It was something about Don Marie taking these papers to the hotel for this person to sign. And then she just death stares at him like, oh shit. And then like, yeah, you want a match tonight? Okay, you want a championship match tonight? You want a match with a champion? You got Brock Lesnar. Click. Just sends him out. Oh, no. Then Rikishi and Mark Lloyd have a little interview here. Him and Eddie have some history. He has some history with Brock, too. Eddie and Keish then talk, talk trash to each other. Uh, I don't know. Something about cir cutting circulation to the head or the ass. Uh, something dumb. Eddie Guerrero versus Rikishi. And in this entire match, Eddie, ever the master of ring psychology, works the big man's knee with drop kicks, with ankle locks, with a bonsai being denied. 
and eventually back that ass up. Rikishi wins with a savat kick, and immediately after the match, Benoit jumps Rikishi and he German suplexes the 425 pound Samoan. An absolute feat of strength by Benoit here. That's like if you tried to lift up Rikishi in No Mercy and you're trying to do the back suplex and, and you hit him with it, A, that move can win you by knockout, and B, I mean, it's impressive. It, it really is. And then the former Radicals here double-team Rikishi Rick and uh, not Benoit, <clears throat> Eddie, good lord, frog splashes the back of the Samoan. We see the cross face and Edge makes the save. Backstage, Stephanie admonishes Benoit here. Like, listen, you're madder about losing the Intercontinental title than I am. You know, you're you have a match tonight with with Rikishi. Hmm, that's a threat. Speaking of a threat, here we have Tajiri versus Shannon Moore. And meeting up to this, here we had Shannon Moore pinning Jamie Noble on SmackDown. The feud between Three Count and the Young Dragons lives on. We see Flip flops, flaps, and kicks, and Nydia here, I think I think it's Taz here, says that she has a great set of teeth, all five of them. Taz with a really nice Cobra Clutch learning from the Sarge, and for the record, the Cobra Clutch is absolute agony. The Sarge himself put me in and at Comic-Con, it's uh, hurt. I tapped out. See a knee drop? The Morgasm by Shannon Moore. I don't know if it was actually that move. I just like saying that word. It's kind of fun. Morgasm. A more Karana is botched. Tadge with a really magnifique German suplex. And we see Noble tripping Jamie. The Hurricane and comes in and admonishes and smashes Jamie. Three count lives. The buzzsaw is reversed into a roll-up. Shannon Moore wins this match. The Hurricane and Shannon, the former stablemates themselves, make their way out of the arena and fast. And folks, this is going to be where I take a quick commercial break. When I come back, we have Rikishi versus Benoit and the other finals of the championship gauntlet. Also, somebody has been drafted to SmackDown. You're going to have to wait and find out who it is. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at Wrestle Attic Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The King's of the Rings podcast, where we cover all the news that has fit in the boot inside and outside of the ring, from WWE to AEW, all the way over to New Japan and Impact Wrestling and beyond. That's Kings of the Rings podcast each and every Thursday, exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. And welcome back, everybody. This portion of the show is brought to you by our merch store on Spring. Link is in the description below 
we have a new crop of goodies in our Wrestle Attic Radio store. We have zip up hoodies. We also have pullover hoodies. We have swim shorts. You know, swimming season is just about over, but if you're going down to the Maldives, if you're going down to the Caribbean and you want to rep our brand in the ocean, we have swim trunks, we have summer trunks, we have flip-flops. Matt Riddle, if you want some (laughs) flip-flops, hit us up. We have, of course, our t-shirts, our face masks, and neck gaiters, and tank tops featuring all of us on Russell Attic Radio. That includes myself, the Fretzelmania Collection, the KOTR Collection with individual um, collections of King Ricky Rose, the Queen Bee themselves, Agent K. Murphy, and Willie T, and of course, Mr. YLP, who, you know, he is on hiatus, but hey, show him some love. Get you or your young cub some lovely YLP merch. Also, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Not a lot going on right there right now, but maybe in the fall, I'll cook up some Fave Fives for all y'all. And speaking of Patreons, you do get a discount on our merch you'll get a special code that gets you that discount so that being said let us press on with the rest of the show rakishi versus chris benoit in a rematch from king of the ring 2000 just these two have some really really good chemistry but smackdown tonight is brought to you by Tobacco is Wacko if you're a teen, Lugs, and Maximum Hair Color for Men. Uh, Benoit's getting a pop in this match, a little bit that I noticed. He is working over Rikishi's injured shoulder. Locks in the crossface for an eternity. Rikishi reaches the ropes, but once again, as soon as the ref gets that count up, Benoit, like a rabid wolverine, like a... Insert animal here after its prey. Like my cat after a after a mouse. He locks in the crossface immediately again. In the middle of the ring, Rikishi has no choice but the tap out. Backstage, Kurt Angle is having an interview. He is not concerned about the number one contender. And then he proceeds to apologize to Snow White and the other six dwarves. We're beating their hero, Rey Mysterio, who won't meddle in his affairs, he says, pointing to his gold medal. Give this man the title right now, please. Just just do it. And he's like, plus, you know what? We'll save the best for last. Tonight, I face Benoit for the top top spot. And then I'll take out the man who once harbored my gold medals against his genitalia oh yes the 2001 feud between a peggered chris benoit and a peggered kurt angle who were doing top rope moves off of cages and almost killing each other yes that feud that 2001 where the upper mid card was uh more snake bit than jake the snake in 1991 I sent that line to Matthew and Tom at Cultaholic and it made them pop. So shout out to the 
Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review that is about a year and change behind me right now. Backstage, Funaki, number one announcer, wants to interview Brock Lesnar, but he gets Paul Heyman in front of Brock's dressing room. Oh, do you want to interrupt the undisputed champion? Do you want to bother him? who is prepping for this match tonight. Do you want to bother Brock Lesnar? And then Furaki knows. I mean, come on. He's, he's, he's no Admiral Akbar. He knows it's a trap. And he's like, no, 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 no. But Paul Heyman's egging it on. Like, okay, he wants Brock Lesnar to toy with this guy. Like he's a cat after a mouse. Here I am making awful comparisons again. And then Mark, then Matt Hardy comes in here. He wants to bolt. He wants to just bolt right in there. It's like, WWE attitude? Nah, nah. This is now the era of matitude. Oh, man. We are going to get some great, great Matt Hardy over the past little while. Uh, speaking of which, uh, has a good match here with Brock Lesnar. There is no slapping tornadoes quite yet. He is still using... The classic um, Hardy Boys theme. It would be about another couple of weeks or a month before we heard the in his theme. And come on, Slap a Tornado by, is it Power Man 5000? I forget who. It's a effing banger, man. But Brock Lesnar toys with Matt Hardy in here, who has a couple of hope spots. In this match, surprisingly. But then, lol, F5. Brock wins. Power bombs Matt Hardy afterwards. Kind of... Referring back to Brock's debut against the Hardy Boys. Where he won by technical knockout after that... <laughs> those vicious triple power bombs. Those, those poor guys. Next up here, we have Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. And the winner of this match is the number one contender to this show. Hold on a minute, player. Hold on. Hold on. I know I'm not general manager of SmackDown for another two years yet, but hear me out, player. Stephanie McMahon announces that this match is now a triple threat Featuring the newest signee to SmackDown, The Undertaker, making his permanent home on the blue brand. A man who would be a part of SmackDown full or part-time for nearly the rest of his career. He, of course, would be punishment for people that Teddy Long would send to be a to be featured in a match against you know you're in a main event match with the Undertaker you know I guess Taker wanted to work on Tuesday nights which I hey you know what don't blame him here he would be the locker room conscience the locker room leader the veteran that I think that that brand needed at the time like you, you have a veteran presence like the dead man, despite the fact what you know people say about him now. 
very beneficial. You know, Taker's he's one of my all-time faves. I mean, he's number what four, three, something like that of my of my uh, fave fives. I'm gonna do my fave five six to ten, by the way, on Patreon at some point in time. So we see the former tag team champ. No, the future tag team champions here. Double team Taker. But then Taker does his corner-to-corner clothesline bits. He does a spagingo ding. That's back body drop for Ruthless Aggression Podcast listeners. Shout out Nate and the Ruthless Pod. A clothesline takes them out of the ring. Kurt Angle takes down Benoit. They trade off German suplexes like German. Benoit does one and Angle does one. And they just keep trading them off here. Filling up their SmackDown meters here, just begging to get that one SmackDown finisher move slot that they need to win this match. But if you're playing Here Comes the Pain, you're going to need about eight. Benoit with an amazing release German suplex that Angle sells beautifully, just flopping like a fish. We see the snake eyes and the big boot by the dead man. Benoit chairs the undertaker and an impressive spot here benoit showing off his strength tonight lands a german suplex on the undertaker i mean just an hour ago he suplexed the man that's probably a hundred pounds heavier than take but man it's still good then classic taz call with goozle when benoit is choke slammed an ankle lock crossface combo by the by the two men here to take down the undertaker that is nope eventually we see the last ride the last ride taker is the number one contender to brock lesnar's undisputed championship and man we're on the road to unforgiven and that uh oh boy that's a pay-per-view and a half. Next week, I am giving you a sneak preview here because in a couple of weeks, I'm having a very special guest on for a very special episode of SmackDown. Next week is a certain proposal for a certain ceremony that will take place between two former tag team champions. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that has been it for this edition of Fretzelmania. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is, of course, on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Also home to the Brace for Impact podcast with my good brother, former co-host of the Game Changer podcast, Nate. The effing great, who was also doing some of his own game changer stuff over on Spreaker and YouTube. Give him a follow at Real Effing Game. Great brother, great friend. Also, great friends here with the Kings of the Rings podcast, streaming every Wednesday night on Twitch, on YouTube, and some other places now. I think on on Twitter, on the Russell Attic Radio YouTube page, which I didn't even realize we had and uh facebook so we're getting out there folks so be sure to follow the group chat follow 
mostly me talking shit and breaking news on AEW Dynamite because they they record their shows pretty much during Dynamite. So 8 o'clock EST Wednesday nights, do what I do, put Dynamite on mute, listen to King Ricky, Will, and Kay just talk a whole lot of bollocks about wrestling. And yes, uh, Zach, nope, he's on hold. But why don't you go back and uh, get caught up and listen to, listen to some old uh, YLP podcasts because, you know, he's a good brother. He's a good dude. Follow Russell Addict Radio on Twitter at Addict underscore Russell on Russell Addict Radio on Instagram. Join our Discord. There is an invite link in the description below here. Uh, buy our merch. Check us out on Patreon. And uh, just a reminder, folks. We keep wrestling real. We're the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. See you next week.